dustbin and vanity and pride Caring not my Lord was crucified Knowing not it was for me he died at Calvary By God's word at last my sin I learned then I trembled at the law I'd spurned Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary Sing it with me There your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me There my burdened soul found
We've gathered together to worship Jesus Christ here, so that's what you've come to do. You've come to the right place. We're going to begin our time together as, we, as is our habit, uh, reading God's Word to each other. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. It'll be on the screen um, so that we can read the same translation together. But we're going to read it aloud to each other like we always do. So let's, let's read, this, read these words and encourage one another with these words. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that you, as you share in the sufferings, so you will also share in the comfort. Isn't that good news? Would you grab a seat and let's uh, be encouraged by the words of the, from the choir this morning.
begin our time of worship together being reminded of exactly who God is and what he has done. And isn't it good? Isn't he good? Amen. Would you stand your feet and let's join in singing.
Honor literally just called me out of the blue. There is not a lot of people know the culture, know their language, and can share the gospel with them. This is why we came here. Farmers of Family was part of the coronavirus relief. They just kind of called and said, hey, we got some free food. Would you guys be able to hand it out to your community? We opened the parking lot and the people coming with the cars. We talk with them, we pray with them, and also we take some boxes to deliver it to the families. They can't come here. It's an opportunity to share the gospel. We'll continue with games, we'll have egg hunting, and we'll have dinner, and we'll invite the people to go inside the church and join our service. It's wonderful what's going on. They feel in the church, they feel we are more family. It's an amazing opportunity. We came to reach our community, the whole Arab people, and now we have people from at least nine countries from the Arab world. When you give to Annie Armstrong, you don't give to organization, you give to the missionaries, and that allowed them to share the gospel. God has brought honor here. We're going to support him, we're going to encourage him, we're going to walk with him, and we're going to see God get glory among their people in Cincinnati. Good morning and welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. We exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. My name is Alan and it is so great to join with you all in worship today. What an honor and joy it is to be together. If you're a guest with us today, we're so glad that you're here. Welcome. We love to get to know you. One way that we can do that is through a Connect card. A Connect card looks like this. This is a card sitting in front of you in your seat. You can pull that out if you'd like to. If you fill this out, this will let us know how we can pr be praying for you, how we can serve you. And after service, if you like, if you exit through the central doors, you can turn left. You'll see there our Next Steps desk. There you can turn that Connect card in and meet someone who will be happy to answer any questions that you may have and give you a free gift. So welcome to our guests. As always, we'd like to encourage our worship through giving. If you'd like to give, there's a few ways that you can do that. One way is by taking an online giving card that's also right in front of you. It looks like this. You can scan that QR code on there with your phone. That'll take you to our online giving page. If you prefer to give in person, there are black boxes on the back wall here. You can drop a gift in. If you'd like, you can come into the office Monday through Thursday, 9 to 4.30, or Friday, 9 to noon. Or you can write to P.O. Box 92, Hebron, Kentucky, 41048. Well, we're going to transition now to a moment of prayer, so I invite you to please pray with me. Good morning, Father. Lord, we give you praise and thanks again for another day of life that you've given to us. Thank you for being such a good Father to us. This morning, Lord, we pray for our church's core value of urgent evangelism. We thank you for providing for our greatest need through the gift of sending your son Jesus who died as a sacrifice in our place, covering our sins, washing us clean, new, forgiven. Thank you for passionately pursuing us. Thank you for rescuing us. And Lord, we pray that you would make us to look more and more like you, that you would shape our hearts and passions to look like yours. Please ignite a deeper passion in our hearts for lost souls around us, that so many more may know of your rescue in their lives. Give us a sense of urgency as we seek to share your love with others. Give us clarity of vision and eternal perspective that will keep us from being caught up in the excitement of perishing things, but rather give us the joy of intentionally living our lives that others may see you and grow closer to you. We ask that you would please bless our ministries like Gospel to Every Home Outreach, 
that you would use this ministry and others like it to lead our neighbors to know of your amazing grace. Lord, this morning we don't only pray for ourselves, but we pray for the Richard family, for Chris and Rhonda, Hannah and Kenley, as they prepare to go international with their ministry. We pray for them now as they prepare in Mexico. We pray that you would help them as they learn the language. We pray that you would help them with all the adjustments going on in their family. We pray for Hannah and Kenley as they make new friends. We pray that you would bless all their efforts, that the result would be fruit-born. We pray that you would be with them even as they prepare to go to our Argentina, that you would use them in a mighty way, that your good news would spread to the nations. And speaking of the nations, Father, our hearts continue to go out to Ukraine, to Russia, and the conflicts going on actively there. And we pray for your mercy. Lord, we ask that you would bring peace. We pray that you would be with government leaders, that you would bring peace to their hearts, wisdom to their decisions. We pray for families and individuals who have been hurt, who have lost loved ones. We ask that your Holy Spirit would move in a mighty way, that you would bring healing. We pray for local churches there in Ukraine, for believers, for missionaries, that you would give them strength now, that you would provide for their physical needs, and that even in this dark time that your good news would spread in a mighty way, that the hope of the gospel would look brighter than ever to a dying world around us all. Finally, Lord, we come to you as broken sinners. We confess the evils of our hearts and lives to you, our holy God. We all deserve your just judgment. We deserve you to send us away from your presence of blessing and grace. But you, Father, have done what we couldn't fathom. You yourself have become the just sacrifice to cover our sins through the ministry of God the Son incarnate, Jesus Christ. And we confess our sins to you now. From this past week, from this past morning, from this past hour, Lord, we are broken, and we ask that you would forgive us. We put our faith, our trust in you, in the hope of the death and resurrection of Jesus, our sacrifice, our Lord, and we repent. We turn from our sins. We ask that with each day, you would give us life change in a way that only you can bring about. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace. We continue to worship you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Worship together. Um, let us remind each other and praise God for his faithfulness in the midst of our faithlessness. Would you stand and let's sing together?
Good morning, I'm Pastor Sean, and we are continuing our series in the Sermon on the Mount. So turn in your copy of God's Word, or into your devices, to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. And uh, we, can, we will read that together. If you want to use the Pew Bible that's in front of you, it's page 860. If you want to use the translation that I am going to be reading from. And we're continuing our series. We've, we've kind of had some heavy hitters that Jesus has called us to... To, to aspire to and to seek as we walk as Christians. And today we're going to look at the key that we might find and unlock that door to be able to do it. That if we seek and find, we will answer. So beginning verse 7, we will read to verse 12. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Who among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you to come meet with us in this simple application. Your children fail often. God, I pray that by your spirit, through the instruction of your word, that you would help us, that you would encourage us, and you would make us and we would never be the same again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, Isabella got her first big girl bike, and that means the training wheels come on. And so she's been practicing because it's been a little cold outside. She's been practicing down the hallway of our living room and getting the hang of it. But I thought as I've watched her, the, the learning process of riding a bike and it reminded me that we've all gone through that most of us all have gone through that of what that is like taking the training wheels off and starting for the first time learning to balance and learning to get your the pedals fast enough and your momentum enough to get that balance so that you get firm under you but you know most of us all of us uh, had someone to help us along the way 
Maybe it was a father or a mother or a brother or sister or, or someone who came as that steady hand, maybe even to walk along as we got started or ran along until we could get momentum. We knew that we needed a helping hand. In the same way, similarly, when we look at the Sermon on the Mount, everything that Jesus has called us to be as a Christian, it's clear that we need a helping hand that we need someone to come alongside of us. We need God himself to do a work in us that would help us along. You see, there's two ways that people approach the Sermon on the Mount. The first way is some would look at this message that Jesus gave as a, a list of morals, a list of, of ways that we can, in our veneer, in our lives, that we can act Christian, that we can, we can put on certain good traits that we can, in some ways, fool others that we've got it all together, that we might even look at these things, that if we, if we check off these morality boxes, that in some way, some even tend to say, well, that we might even become pleasing enough to God for us to be saved. But the other correct view, when you read the Sermon on the Mount humbly, as a Christian, when you read this, you have a deep sense of the need of God's grace. That when you read through the movements and teachings of Jesus, you understand that in and of yourself, there's no way that this could become your life. That you need the grace and power and the help of Christ to accomplish these things. As you read through it, you come into one of the great movements and you're overwhelmed as you read it when Jesus says, be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect in chapter 5, verse 48. And then you think, what were Jesus' first words in this great sermon? Blessed are the poor in spirit. You see, when we challenge and wrestle and want and desire holiness and want to be pleasing to God in these things and we read through the Sermon on the Mount and we think, oh, there's no way that I could ever do this. That's when Jesus says, now you understand. Because it is then that you understand that it is only those who are poor in spirit receive the power of God to accomplish it. That we who are beggars and know that we are fully bankrupt, that we go to God himself to accomplish this in us. To be aware that none of us are perfect, that none of us would ever dare live up to this standard, but it is only by the grace and work of Jesus in us that we could be forgiven of these things. And it is here that in this context that Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. That we are to pray. And not to pray and to seek 
God is in a long lost benefactor, an uncle that you've never heard of, that, that you're asking for him to fulfill your wildest materialistic dreams, but instead that you come to him seeking, asking him to do something in your life in a spiritual sense that only he can do. That you would pray for the character of the kingdom in your lives. That it instructs you here how to pray the Lord's Prayer. It teaches you moral and ethics that only come through Christ. In a word, it is Jesus telling us and showing us to pray for our spiritual lives. It is this and when we understand the Sermon on the Mount. Because, let's be honest, brothers and sisters... When we read last week's scripture, we knew that we could not possibly, perfectly never judge someone. That we need to pray and ask God to humble our spirits. That if we read and understand that we are supposed to stop worrying as the scripture before that or to give generously as the scriptures before that as to, to, as to fulfill the teachings of the Sermon on the Mount, we know that we need God himself to help us. Therefore, Jesus commands to pray, to seek and find. How often do we fall, fail to pray when we know that we need God's help in these areas? How often do we fail in our life groups or D groups to pray, uh, fail to be vulnerable enough to say, brother, sister, pray for me because I know that I'm failing in this. Jesus tells us to pray because it is a source of power for God's people. And in this passage, then, Jesus instructs us to pray in two different ways for us to grow in our faith. So if you're taking notes, number one, pray with persistence. Pray with persistence. Three times Jesus extends the invitation. Pray, seek, knock. Three times, this loving encouragement is really a command. Pray, seek, knock. He says it three times to give us our attention. Look at this in verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. As Jesus is saying as repetition, I really mean this. Listen to me. Hello, McFly, pay attention here. I really am calling you. Ask your father for what you need. Seek your father for help. Knock on the door of your father's house and he will answer. Ask, seek, knock. I invite you three times, Jesus is saying. To come get your father's help. James, later, as he writes to this, he, he takes the negative approach to help us understand the reason we aren't receiving is because we aren't asking. It reveals to us the low spiritual ebb of our lives is directly traceable to our feeble prayerlessness. James chapter 4 says, 
you desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. There are several times when I come, I come early in the morning on Sunday mornings to to think through the sermon, to lock it in, to do some things, to get the announcements written down, to make kind of get, you know, get my game face on and listen to KB rap and other things to get me fired up like it's a, I'm an athlete coming out. No, no. Franklin says, no, no, Sean. No, 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 Dad. <laughs> and sometimes I forget something. I forget, you know, like an Annie Armstrong check that we had left at the house or my computer or there's something important and there's been a times where I've been like hey Sarah could you get this to me and I don't hear anything I'm like Sarah you know exclamation mark exclamation mark please answer and then I call and then she's she's you know she's doing this nothing of Sarah's fault I'm just you know she's doing getting the other kids together and so I'm I'm just calling and calling and then I'm like okay I can call Franklin's iPod and maybe that will alert her to be giving her attention. And so I hit call and I forget Franklin's with me. He's in the other room, in the room with me. So I'm just trying and trying and trying, just anything that I can do to get her attention. And there's nothing that she's done, but finally, my persistent pays off. She responds, Oh, yeah, I'll bring that. I already have that in the car for you. Don't worry. See, as we think through things, it is not what we ask, but that we ask persistently. Even better and more amazing that these invitations that Jesus is saying is saying, be persistent, ask, seek, knock, keep coming to the Father, keep asking, keep coming. But even more so, look at these wonderful promises, seven promises. Jesus says that if we're persistent, that we keep asking, what does he say? It will be given to you. You will find it. It will be open for you. The asker receives, the seeker finds, the knocker gets the door open, the Father gives you good things. Surely the point of this lavish array of promises is to show us be encouraged. Come and pray to God. It's not in vain. Pray. God is not toying with you. He answers. He gives you good things. So be encouraged. Pray. Pray often. Pray regularly. Pray persistently. Persistence is required. Persistence in what? The answer is persistence in prayer, not prayer for an occasional request, but in the context, praying in passionate, burning pursuit of God. That when you are asking, you are asking for the virtues that Jesus has just taught about, that you are seeking to find God, that he would help you, that you are knocking at the throne room of heaven and asking God divinely to help you in these things. And as we do so, we are seeking God with a promise, with persistence that he answers. Jeremiah 29, 13, that you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. The answer is persistence in prayer. So brother, sister, let's think through the Sermon on the Mount.
Are you struggling with forgiveness today? Then bow the knee and pray and pray and pray for God to help you forgive. Are you struggling with worry that we talked about two Sundays ago? Don't worry, I won't call you out on that. But if you are, what does the Bible tell us? Petition God. Bring your requests to God. Continue to come to God. Bring those worries to God. And stay on your knees till those worries go away. If you're struggling with anger or judging someone, as we talked about last week, over their sin, we pray. We pray, God, put humility in my heart so that I might see myself as the worst sinner, that I might see me as the worst, that I need to take care of myself first. You keep praying. If you need to obey your parents, students, if you're struggling with obeying your earthly father, You go to your heavenly one and keep praying and say, God, help me. Even if my father's an unbeliever, help me to display the grace and obedience that it takes and that it comes from you. I want you to take, if you want to take your next step in your walk with Christ, each each step needs to be bathed in prayer persistently. Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. Keep coming to the Father. The good news is you don't pray with a wish or a hope, but number two, you pray with confidence. That you pray with confidence. Verse 9 says, Who among you, if his son asks for him for bread, will give him a stone? Or he who asks for a fish will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? God invites us to come to him that he promises to answer our prayers, that he is a good and loving father. The illustration that Jesus uses here is very um, absurdly comical for a reason, to drive home a point. And the Galilean setting that this is being done, that that when he uses this, it, it would be very fresh and understandable that when he says, certainly if your child comes to a father and asks for bread, he wouldn't give him a stone because on the shores of, of, the, of Galilee, you could find stones that were round and flat and they could be almost mistaken for a flat loaf of bread. Or as you're fishing, that you might come with a, a fish that sort of looks like, a, like almost an eel-like, but... but, but could be easily mistaken for a snake. Jesus says, surely when your son comes and says, Dad, I'm hungry, do you have a Pop-Tart or a piece of bread or do you have something? You say, here, chew on this, son, and he bites into it and three teeth come out. 
be pretty cruel. Or if you say, hey, Dad, give me some fish, and you slip him a fish, and, and you got a snake, you know, ah! Jesus uses this example to a lesser to a greater. If you who are evil do good things for your children, how much greater is your Father in heaven who is so good? God is always gives us what is good. God is our Father, our Abba, the dearest Father, par excellence. He is the best. Whatever, I have a great dad. But I know by infinity multiplied that God is greater. And so that we have confidence that in our feeblest of prayers, in our puniest of prayers, even when we know, we know that God will answer with good. So we should never come to God expecting anything differently. So it should raise up our confidence to come and ask and seek and, and not because we know that when we come, we are receiving good. Therefore, we can pray with confidence because even if we pray, even with the wrong idea, God will give us what is good for us. We can confidently come to him and know that even he has the Spirit praying for us, that when we're asking wrongly or not the right thing, the Spirit is praying for us. In Romans 8, 25, in the same way, the Spirit also helps in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who, pre who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God who are called according to his purpose. Brothers and sisters, we can come confidently to God because God commands us to pray because he is giving us good when we request it. Even when we ask wrongly, he has given us good or, or what we're asking for. Thank goodness he doesn't answer all our prayers because we know with confidence he is working all things to our good. But we could also come with confidence because we know as God calls us and commands us to pray, it's because his sovereign plan is designed for us to pray so that we will receive. That we know we can come because God has designed that our part of, of, of receiving is asking. Why does he do that? Why does God want us to ask? Because God wants to help us to understand that the good things are not the fruit of our own work or the fruit of our own wisdom and diligence, but that he says, ask so that you receive it and that you know that it's from me and it's not from your work or your sweat, or your knowledge. That the gifts from God are, are that we know that it is only by his grace. In this text, what is Jesus saying? That we ask, but who gives? God does. 
that we have confidence not in our self-sufficiency or overconfidence or even destruction in our failures but that we have confidence knowing that it is God who is answering for our good so why can we have confidence even if we to pray the right thing because we realize what does this say our part is doing the praying and God is doing the answering because we can trust God because he he knows the outcome is up to him because he tells us that he is working out our prayers because of his grace we can confidently come so there's nothing to fear God will not ever give us anything contrary to his will. And that is always for the best in our long run. We can therefore pray confidently because he won't give us everything he, we want. Sometimes we might fear to pray because we say we might ask for the wrong thing, we might make a mistake, but praise God, it's, he's sovereign over all these things. Calvin in his institutes talked about prayer and wrote, he so tempers the outcome events according to his incomprehensible plan that the prayers of the saints, which are a mixture of faith and error, are not nullified. Isn't it good that God, even when we wrongly pray, answers according to his will and good? We have confidence that we can pray. And if we are seeking his will, that we know that God will hear us and answer. As Tim Keller observed, God will either give us what we ask or give us what we would have asked if we knew everything he knows. We can pray confidently, brothers and sisters. Thus, before we ask, we must know and seek. Go to the word. Go to other brothers and sisters who love you and care for you. Encourage your prayers and know that we want to pray according to God's will. We must believe that God can grant it and we must gentle, genuinely want to receive it. And then the gracious promise of Jesus will come true. So brothers and sisters, you can know and pray with confidence for some of the most important prayers that you will ever pray. That you with confidence can pray for your wayward friend that is falling into sin. That you can pray for your lost child even though as an adult is far from God. That you can pray for your heart to be more humble in your relationships that you can pray and all these things will be answered under the sovereign care of a good God brothers and sisters you come to God with confidence when you pray how much more can we know this than because of the time of year that we enter as we celebrate Easter that we know that Jesus took our dark sins and, and he took them to the cross for us. That he died in our place. That he rose again 
defeating sin and death, showing that God has victory over death. And brother, sister, friend, if you are here today and you are far from God, you've never trusted in Christ, or you feel alone, here's the good news of Easter, that you can take a step in trusting Christ today. Because in him, he has paid for your sin. He has risen again and shown that faith in him brings life. And that in him and through him, if we follow and trust in his work, and in the same way follow in repentance by agreeing which what is sin we turn away from and follow him that we can be born again brother sister today friend if you are seeking God call out to him today cry out in faith trust repent and today be born again and in doing so you can take that next step of faith and know that in confidence that Jesus Christ who bore your sins gives you access to God the Father in prayer. That in confidence you know that Christ is seated, interceding for us. That when we pray persistently, asking, seeking, knocking, with confidence, God is listening because Christ is praying with us to him. Another Kellerism. He says that Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed three times for the cup to pass him, he received an unanswered prayer. As God the Father poured the wrath on him for our sins on the cross, that Jesus' prayers were not answered so that ours would be. Brother or sister, be confident to pray for spiritual matters for your soul and for others because Jesus calls us to ask, to seek, to knock. So today, as response of this scripture, Search out some spiritual qualities that you would lack but know you need. List them on your bulletin. List them in your phone. Take them to your D group. Take them to your life group. And pray passionately and persistently and confidently to God the Father. Asking, seeking, and knocking and having confidence that God your Father will give them to you. John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, also penned an old hymn, Come, my soul, thy sweet prepare. And here are the words. Come, my soul, thy sweet prepare. Jesus loves to answer prayer. He himself has bid thee pray, therefore will not say thee nay. 
Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such none can ever ask too much. Come to God, brother and sister, and bring those requests to him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for these words and promises of Jesus. May we be people who pray. There are physical needs. There are things that we all need. And God, thankful to your word that you tell us in all things we come to you and prayer that you will answer. But God, help us to not overlook these important spiritual needs in our life. That we would pray these things ask God ask you to move and change us God help us to be prayers that ask seek and knock God I ask and seek and knock and pray that if there's someone here or online that needs to trust in you to return, repent of their sins and turn to you, I pray by your spirit that you would save them and today would be the day of their salvation. We know you answer those prayers. God, we pray with confidence. So Lord, be with us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. As we stand and as we sing, let's respond in gratefulness and praise uh, and love to the one who has loved us and listened to us and heard our prayers and responded in graciousness.
Sarah, stand right here for a second. Sarah, can you, Steve, can you stay here for a second? Hey, Mark, can you stand here for a second? Just real quick. I just noticed something. There's a song that used to be saying this. I think it's Sesame Street or one of, the, one of these things is not like the other. All right, y'all can go. That was so spiritual, wasn't it? Oh, I'll pay for that later. A couple quick announcements before we let our online people go. Uh, we uh, want to, a uh, um, couple quick things. First of all, our Easter service is coming up in two weeks. Invite someone. We have some, get, uh, some invitations out on the desk that you can go and invite someone with. Come. Uh, the second announcement is today, Gospel to Every Home. There is child care available today. Uh, so it's one of those Sundays that we provide that. So 4 o'clock today. If you've never been, don't worry. We'll not throw you to the wolf, so to speak, right away. Uh, we will partner you with someone. You can grow in confidence or watch or pray while they're doing it. But we'd love to have many teams as we get closer to Easter. And so we hope that you'll come today at 4 o'clock for that. Today, Women on Mission is meeting in room 103 at 4 o'clock. So if you're a woman and like to know more how you can be involved in local and uh, other missions, you, uh, we'd encourage you to come to that. Uh, also, we want to thank everyone, especially Christy Reed for all the work for the Easter egg hunt, but everybody who volunteered. We had a wonderful turnout yesterday. I got to connect with a lot of different people, and so thankful for those who uh, donated things, who came and volunteered, who, who put together eggs and all those things to make that happen, and so we are thankful uh, for that. Uh, we continue to get great fruit from just going out in our community and inviting the community to us. Uh, today I have some exciting news. We're going to ask my friend Caleb Claxton to come on up. Uh, Caleb Claxton is my neighbor. Finally somebody redeemable that lives in the house next to me, not named <laughs> Benj. <laughs> Hannah, right, Travis, not so much. But Caleb Claxton lives uh, in that house and uh, Caleb's been coming to the Miller's Life Group, uh, and he's in the Miller's and Ben's D Group, and uh, uh, Caleb is coming to be baptized, and he is coming to join our church. So if you're as excited as I am, uh, would you say hallelujah? Caleb has a lovely wife, Taylor, that you will meet someday, and we're thankful, but in the, we're going to, uh, we want to get him in so we can get him baptized, the first, hopefully, we'll see, in, uh, in May, and so we're looking forward to God, and uh, I know that, uh, Caleb, welcome to Hebron Baptist Church, and we're excited about what God will do through you and help you take your next steps in Christ, so thanks for coming, brother. Why don't you go back and sit down, we'll get you, uh, let people come welcome you later in our service, so let's again be excited for what God's doing. <laughs> Those of you at home, thank you for joining us, God bless, and uh, we will see you next Sunday, so goodbye to our online people as we prepare and uh, for the Lord's Supper.